The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. You're listening to a Tip of the Cap podcast brought to you by Stinger Sports. Stinger Sports makes high-quality gear for the player who expects more for their money. Visit them today at www.stingerwoodbats.com and use promo code TIP OF THE CAP, all one word, for 10% off your next order. Stinger Sports. Look great. Feel great. Play great. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a brand new episode of Tip of the Cap podcast. I am Coach Jaws here with you. As always, I'm flying solo again. I want to keep putting episodes out every couple weeks here. Uh, still working on hammering some things out with some guests. I got a couple things going, but it is a busy time of year. College is heading toward the NCAA tournament. Uh, a lot of fun. You can catch a lot of baseball on TV right now, especially if you have access to ESPN+. Plus. Uh, high school ball running through the tail end here of league play and heading toward the sectional playoffs, heading toward states, the ever-popular road from there. And, uh, and of course, summer ball, all you young guys out there, nine, 10, 11, and 12 year olds are already getting started. Some 13 new teams I'm sure are already playing because why wouldn't you just say, uh, let's interfere with mod ball, but, uh, I digress. That's here nor there. That is not the topic today, but we are here talking, uh, you know, summer balls under getting under, you know, getting under underway here. As soon as the high school season starts to wrap up, once playoffs start, you'll start seeing the first tournaments hit for the 13, 14, 15, and my absolute favorite terminology here the high school showcase divisions 18u whatever you want to call it uh will get started and fired up really really quickly here as well it is that time of year the weather has broken and uh, i myself just got out uh, just got back inside into the studio here from working on my own swing as my summer season is about to get underway as well um so uh there's a there's a few topics i want to bring up today again it's going to be another short one because this is what i do when i'm alone uh, I talk. It's hard to talk to myself. I do my best, but uh, I have a couple topics that I want to dive into in depth, but I want to kind of introduce here because I want to give some ideas of things I'm looking to talk about this, uh, you know, this this season. It's season two of Tip of the Cap podcast and uh, mostly telling stories, but uh, there are some stories that, you know, need to be told with other people. But uh, some topics I want to talk about. I want to talk. The big one is culture. Uh, one of the things that we are seeing, and it is reportedly, I, I tweeted this to uh, somebody the other day replying to a, uh, a tweet. One of the biggest complaints reportedly from college coaches all around the nation and in any sport is we are living in a world right now where players don't necessarily care about winning the way they used to. Um, and there's a lot of reasons for that, right? So we're talking, we can talk the participation trophy era. Uh, you know, I, I remember that, that kind of started when I was younger. You know, you'd go and, oh, we won the league and got basically the same trophy as the guys who came in dead last and won one game all year. Like, what's so what was the point? Uh, it wasn't a huge thing. It wasn't nearly as huge, huge as it is now. Uh, and I was actually talking to some people this morning while I was working out about that whole thing where, you know, you have like, oh, it's week two of, you know, first grade cheerleading, which is a weird thing to say. And they're getting trophies. They're getting, you know, they're handing out trophies to the girls for a good job or a good, good handstand. And like, yeah, that's kind of where we're at. You don't have to care about winning if everyone gets a trophy, right? Because we we hit this generation, we hit this run where nobody wanted to 
how do I want to put like no, nobody wanted to hurt anybody's feelings, so nobody wanted to get singled out. Like oh, not for good or bad, right? We can't single anybody out for bad stuff. We can't single anybody out for good stuff. Everyone's got to be equal, and it's developed into this world where people don't care about winning, right? Uh, and you know, people don't care about competing. Um, you know, we we see that now you have guys who would rather. And, you know, fantasy sports plays to this, too. You know, you don't, you know, people care more about individual performance than they do about team performance. You know, in baseball, we would you rather be the guy that goes 0 for 4 and your team wins or go 4 for 4 and your team loses? You know, you went 4 for 4, hit two bombs, and your team got pumped, you know, 9 to 2. Or you go 0 for 4 with you know, whatever your day is, be it strikeouts, hard lineouts, groundouts, popouts, whatever. But your team wins nine to two. Which one are you more happy about? I want to win, right? Another, another, uh, another issue with that is the 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 problem of it, it. We're team hopping, right? There's so many options of playing on so many sports. I know. Uh, I looked into it a few years ago, and I think I've, I've mentioned it on the show a few times here in the Western New York area. At any given age group, there are between forty and seventy teams for a certain age group. So if you're not happy and you're not doing well, you can find somewhere you will. And that could be good, right? So some environments kids don't do well in. There, you know, there's some guys that kids can't play for. You know, I played for a guy, uh, and Chuck would have no problem with me telling the story. Chuck Rigetti, uh, who is now in the softball world, and even now he will tell you that there are certain girls who can't play for him. There are certain guys who couldn't play for him back in the day. You had to be a special breed to play for that man because it wasn't easy. There's some really talented ball players who could not play for the dude because he, he was tough to play for at times. But the guys who did, did well. You know, and the guys who could survive, you know, a little bit tougher, had a little bit of grizzle on you. And it was one of those things where some guys went and left good, you know, different programs, good programs, and flourished with a guy like him. Other guys left him and flourished in other programs, and vice versa. Left other programs, went to him, didn't do well. Left him, went to other programs, still didn't do well. Whatever it may be, you know, and, and that's, so sometimes that's good, sometimes it's bad. But when the answer is, we're not winning, so I either change teams to a team that does win, that doesn't necessarily make anybody get any better, right? So you're good enough to join a team that's winning. Are you playing? Are you getting better? Or did you just join a team that wins? So, like, I care about winning, and then I just get to do whatever. You know, in my opinion, I think we need both. We need that dude who get you know, the, the guy who gets so, so mad about losing, but he also gets mad about his performance. So he goes four for four, and the team loses, He's just as mad as if he goes 0 for 4 and the team loses. He goes 0 for 4 and the team wins. He's upset with himself, but the team won, so it's not as bad. But he knows he's got to get better. And I know that's a jumbled thought process. I'm trying to keep my, uh, you know, keep my wits about me here again. Doing this alone is not easy. So anybody who wants to jump on and join, please, please jump on and join me for an episode. Um, you know, the, the so the other things that we talked about with winning is teams, not just so, so players team jumping to find a comfort zone instead of, you know, oh, I don't like my playing time. Instead of getting better, you leave a team that may be winning for a team that you do better on or you get more playing time or you get to play the position you want to play. And then there's the idea of you go to a team, the team enter, like they don't enter tournaments that challenge people. They enter tournaments they can win. And, you know, you go... You play 50 games, you go 40 and 10, and those 10, you know, it was two semifinal losses, 
two, you know, two or three quarterfinal losses against the team that won the whole thing and a couple random throwaway summer summer games because, you know, you were saving your pitching for the weekend. And you know, and, and it is what it is, right? But there's again, there's no development there. There's no the strive to win gets brought down because we lower the bar. It's like I'm going to play a video game and if I can't beat it, instead of getting better at the game, I lower the difficulty. That doesn't breed a winning culture either. That doesn't breed people who want to win, people who hate losing. And that's a weird concept when you think about it. Like, oh, I hate losing so much that I'm going to make it easier. Well, in sports and athletics, we want people who hate losing and want to get better so they don't lose, right? You don't want to play the worst of the worst. You don't want to be the team that's going against the bottom of the barrel of the league and dominating. And then all of a sudden you go against somebody worth their salt and you struggle or you lose or you get just flat out pumped. But that's kind of where we're at, you know, and we, and we these kids now get to college and they don't get to pick what team. They do a little bit with the transfer portal, but one of the things that we're finding is that there's so many people in transfer portal that people are bouncing two, three, four schools over the course of a career because I don't like where I'm at, and instead of trying to get better, I take a different road to make the road easier. And now listen, there are times that you know you go to a school or you go to a level that maybe you weren't quite ready for. You know, we, we see this all the time with guys that go, say they go Division One, Then they drop down to a JUCO, which, listen, there are JUCOs out there that could flat out compete with D1 schools. No questions asked. There are some dudes playing JUCO. No, like, if anybody tells you differently, they're wrong. But you drop down to a JUCO, okay? You're maybe competing with a, a bigger roster, maybe a smaller roster. But now you get a chance to play a little bit more. You get a chance to, to develop a little bit more. And you become the guy who could have, you know, if you'd have went that road originally, gone to your original location and done fine. But we jumped up to a spot we maybe weren't ready for, had to come back down, work our way back up, and now we're taking a winning road, right? Now we're taking that, taking that next step. And on the other side of this, as coaches, right, we need to care about winning too, complacency is, has no place, especially the higher up you get. Complacency in high school athletics is the reason that you have summer coaches saying high school baseball is a joke. Because you have, when you have people who don't take it seriously, the game isn't taken seriously at all. When you have summer coaches who do the same thing, you know, at 15 years old, you shouldn't be playing platoon subs every two to three innings. You shouldn't be rotating guys through nine positions. You know, by, by that age, they should have a position and then a backup. You should know what you want to play and then have something to fall back on. Because guess what? When you get to high school, you may, I, I'm a shortstop. And this is a true story. I, I had a tryout one of my last years coaching in high school. We had seven shortstops. Five of them played for local smaller travel teams where they were, you know, dad coached, a friend of their dad coached, whatever it may be, you know, a team that they were with since they were 10, whatever, whatever the situation was, they went and they went out and they did their thing. And the top two shortstops in the class didn't play like they, they were playing challenging schedules. They were playing against top tier competition. And there were guys that like, okay, so we have seven guys standing at shortstop. We had one at third base. We had two at second. We had four total guys trying out for the outfield. 
at some point you have to look around like, hey, can any of you play third? I've never played third. Can you try? No, I'm a shortstop. That's a problem. Uh, so having that backup and, you know, having a little bit of an idea of what we're looking at <laughs> when you play a position, but you shouldn't be like, oh, I'm a shortstop, second baseman, third baseman, outfielder, pitcher, catcher at 15, 16 years old. That's just, it's unrealistic. If you have aspirations of playing at the next level, and that's the other thing that we need to take into consideration here is the players who are looking to go to the next level and where they fit and where they belong, right? Where, where these guys go and how they get there matters. If you want to play in high school, especially for some of the bigger programs, some of the better programs in the area, you need to challenge yourself. You need to push yourself. And some people don't like hearing that. You know, some people don't want to hear that I can't just roll out of bed, grab my glove, dust it off, and go play and, and, and start. And there are some guys who try to do that in high school ball. There are some guys who try to do that from high, coming from high school where they can do that because maybe their program's not great or they just don't have a, like, they're a smaller school with not a lot of ball players in it. And then they go and they try to play in the summer and travel and it, they, they can't do it. Or they struggle more than they did in high school, or what? And, and this go, and this is a two-way street, like I said. But what this does is, all of this tends to breed that idea that there's just so much, there's just so so many options right now that you can go anywhere, you can find a place to play, which is great, which is what we want. But at some point, when you have aspirations of playing at the next level, you have to have an idea of what that looks like. And I can tell you something. I had my eyes open quite a bit this year. Uh, I spent a week in Florida down at the Russ Mat, and you know, you walk by, and there were, you know, schools of all levels down there, and you walk by some of the top tier, even D three schools. Uh, we walked by two schools. I couldn't tell you who they were. One team was in black and orange. One team was in black and purple. And we kind of like stopped and watched on our way out. We had just finished our last game, just came off, you know, a, a, a W, a sweep and a doubleheader. And, and we're getting back on the bus for a 20 plus hour bus ride home. And we stopped for like five minutes while the kids were getting, getting undressed, getting shower, cleaned up, whatever. So the bus didn't stink. And we're watching. And you had two pitchers from two D3 schools you've never heard of pushing 90. And you had one through nine competitive at bats, hard swings on time putting hard contact into play. And you had nine fielders on both sides going out and making plays. And there's people from, the, you know, around this area that would look at those two teams and be like, oh, this got to be like, this guy, like, this has got to be like a low-level D1, right? And no, this is a mid-level D3. There's a lot of really good baseball out there. And until we as a whole in this area kind of get the idea that we need to do more and we need to do better, by the guy, again, this is by the guys that want to do it, good enough needs to stop being good enough because it's not. At the end of the day, it's not. If you want to go and compete and be good in the, at the next level, you need to push. You need to be playing the best competition you can. You can't, if you try out and you make a team that is a top tier team and you're struggling, figure out what you can do to do better or understand that you're probably going to struggle at the next level too. And that's all there is to it. And all of this stems from the wanting to succeed and wanting to win thing that I started with. Somehow, someway, I strung this together, and I don't know how I got here. But here we are. Um, you know, and the the other side of it is, you know, want, like, so, okay, 
And here, okay, I brought it back to myself. Here we go. The desire to win and the hatred of losing just dials completely into the entire fact of wanting competition, of wanting to have to work for it. Very, very few people get to wake up every single day and piss excellence without trying. The guys who look like they do probably try harder than anybody else around them. You, you look at the top tier guys in the league. You think Otani is the only player in modern baseball to be a true two-way in the show because he just woke up one day and decided he wanted to? No, he wakes up every day and decides he has to do what he has to do because he wants to. And he's fun to watch, man. He really, really is. Um, you know, and so that that leads me to the, the other topic I want to talk about. And I want to bring people on to talk about these things. I have a couple people in mind that I wouldn't mind talking about, but I want to get more and new people on, right? Because I've had a, a few a few repeat guests. Uh, you know, Coach Priester's been on with me a few times. I've had Charlie from Full Circuit on a few times. Uh, you know, and just I want to get other people on and, and talk about some of these things. And the big one, one of the big ones is culture, right? A, a culture of, like, and we see it all the time. If you're on Twitter, if you're, spend five minutes on Twitter. You see parents going after umpires, literally physically fighting them now. Um, you see high school teams bench clearing brawl. You see all kinds of stuff that you're just like, that's not the culture I would want. I wouldn't want to play on that team. I wouldn't want to coach that team. And I wouldn't want to be a parent who's watching my kid on that team. And the problem with that is it's tough to wrap your head around how we get to that point. But again, you look like how how do how do we get to how do we get to where we're at now? Where we're seeing guys, you know, things get chippy and a little ridiculous, even all the way up to D1. And, you know, the the energy. The energy turned from just being up and being hyped about your boys and your squad to shit talk. Pardon my French, but to shit talk. How did we get there? Well, this is where these kids are coming from, right? This is this is the generation. And we have this culture problem right now where we don't tell our players, no, we don't tell them, don't say that, don't do that. And I'm guilty of this, where a kid says something and you snicker a little bit because it's kind of funny. You know, the, the first time I heard the uh, give him a bucket, he's throwing up for a pitcher who's living high. I laughed. And over time, that turned into two teams chipping and barbing at each other. Now there's a point where you there, there are certain games you go to and you're just like, what am I watching? Like. I'm not watching baseball. I'm watching two teams try to play baseball while a lot of people talk a lot of crap. And it, it's, it, it, it does get difficult at times. And that leads to your bench-clearing brawls. That leads to your, you know, I don't know, the, the, this chippiness of if you can't win, cheat. If you don't like what's happening, take a cheap shot. I, I you know, from... I, I just watched a high school game where, where two two high school programs forfeited the remainder of their season because the third baseman tried to cheap shot a runner coming around the base and then punched him in the face for it for for like oh you clipped me how dare you and then punched the kid and and the, and the bench is cleared how did we get there oh wait that's because we have eleven new games where parents are attacking umpires on the field and. All of this leads to a, a tough culture control problem at your at your higher levels, in your high school games, in your college games, all the way up to the bigger, you know, some of the bigger schools where you see some of the stuff where you got guys, 
you know, I, I'm I'm all for the fist pumps. I'm all for the bat flips. I'm all for the the passion and the energy. I am not for a pitcher for no reason basically yelling at the other team to go F themselves because he struck somebody out in a big spot. I'm not for a bat flip where you tomahawk your bat into the other dugout because you hit a tank off somebody. You know, and this is where these things happen. The dude hit a home run off me. He flipped his bat. So I struck him out the next time and I screamed at him, called him a name. That's not an equal and opposite response. Hit a home run. If you hit a home run, you hit a no doubter, you hit a tank or, and someone's going to have to explain to me where this one came from, a swamp donkey or it gets cranked and you bat flip, you know, pull the bat flip and the bigger the moment, the bigger the bat flip. I'm okay with that. Let's not get that twisted. The bigger the moment, the bigger the bat flip. We don't want to look at a bat flip and say, hey, uh, you're losing 12 nothing. You just hit a one-run bomb in the top of the seventh, and you threw the bat to the moon. That's a little excessive. The next guy's probably getting hit because there's there's a feel for these things, and that's the thing I don't think we have. We don't have feel for what's going on. You give up an absolute moonshot, and a dude flips the bat on you a little bit and trots it out and kind of pimps it a little bit. He deserves that, and you deserve to sit there and watch. You you come in out of the pen with bases loaded in a one-run game, and you strike the next two out to end the inning. You deserve to you know to to you know pump your fist and even yell, you know even the like the let's go coming off to your side. But what did I say there? To your side, to you. But we sit there, and it's everything has to be directed at the other team. It's never I'm I'm good. It's always you suck. And I like it leads me to believe is it a confidence issue? Because like if I do something awesome, I'm not flipping and I've told the story a few times to a few people about the most ridiculous bat flip I ever pulled. <laughs> it was I was playing on a team we had never won <clears throat> on opening day. And here we, we so we threw a party. Right. We had people we, we were out. Of, we were out at a local park at our home field. We had people grilling on the sidelines. You know, we had friends and family come. We had, there, there were coolers. It was fun. It was a great time because we went. We're going to lose. We just won the championship, had a great run last season. We are, but we do not win opening day. So come and have fun with us. And we were winning like four to one. And then we pissed away the lead in the, in the top of the last. And we ended up going to extras and. With two on and two out, I come to the plate facing a guy that I knew I just missed the last time, and I hit a three-run shot to walk it off. And it was one of the most ridiculous things I've ever done. I hit it as soon as I saw it hit that that upstream. And if you've hit one like this, you know what I'm talking about, where it comes off the bat and it just rides up and goes. And you're like, yep, I got it. I walked halfway to first. I threw, like, just, you know, tossed my bat over toward my dugout. And like halfway to first, I started the jog, hit the Kurt Gibson coming around second. No, Kurt Gibson, I don't know if that's the right reference. Hit the fist pump coming around the second, uh, coming around second base, and then like a five or six step shuffle into home plate, where my team was waiting for me. It took a little bit longer than it should have. It was a great walk off, especially after a borderline three two call that could have went either way for that walked the guy ahead of me. And like, was it a little bit much for an opening day thing? Yeah, it was exciting. It was my first walk-off home run of my of my career, and it was a lot of fun. And 
the team we the, the team we played was like, damn it. You know, like there there's a time for it. But again, when I did that, at no point was I staring at the pitcher, yelling at him, calling him names. It was a celebration of me being awesome and doing something awesome. And that's what I think these celebrations should be. You, you want to fist pump? You want to fire up? Let's go. I'm awesome? Yes. Let's go. You suck? No. No. Like, And that's... It's just everything right now. And it, it, when you're trying to change a culture somewhere, so or you're trying to create a culture, okay? So say you're a new coach and a new team and a new program, or you're coming into a high school program and you're trying to change things and turn things around. These are things that can kill that culture because when you're not hyped about yourself, when you're more focused on the other team not doing it, when the other team does do it, it's hard to, it's hard to stay focused. It's hard to stay on task. You know, it, it's tough for a, for a team who's worried about the other side's performance to, to keep their head up when the other side is doing well. You know, and when you look at some of your best teams, some of the top teams, they're focused on them. They're focused on their bench. I don't care who's thrown. I don't care what he's thrown. I'm going to time it up and I'm going to hit it. I don't care who's come to the plate. I'm going to throw my pitches in my spots. I'm going to throw hard. I'm going to throw. I'm going to spin it hard. We're going to go. We're going to go. And those teams are the teams that have that success. You know, it, it's especially at this, you know, in these younger age groups of high school and college, <clears throat> you know, you're, you have to focus on you. You have to be hyped in on your bench. And, you know, I think we do that. We see a very, very fun version of the game come out. And I think we see a culture shift as a whole where we're not seeing high school bench clearing brawls, which anybody who condones a bench clearing brawl in high school sports is just incorrect. I'm sorry, but it's just wrong. And I go ahead. I mean, and I'm sure I'm going to get, you know, like I'm sure people that's a soft take. I grew up fighting. I grew up fighting. I, I fought in MMA. I have thrown hands more than my fair share in my life. And I'm sitting here telling you at no point in high school sports is a bench clearing brawl appropriate because at some point something happened that should never belong on the field before we even got there. Like even <clears throat> the video that's out there, those two teams, I believe in Tennessee, you're not going to tell me that the, the cheap shot at third base that led to the brawl was the first thing that happened. It was just a calm, cool, collected day. And then all of a sudden little chip shot. And then, you know, then we're throwing hands on the bag. You're never going to convince me of that. So at some point, we lost control of that well before that fight ever happened. And you can probably say that with most. And generally speaking, unless you're talking about like high stakes games in, in, in big spots. I mean, so what happened there? Both of those teams just cost any chance that, that each other had or that they, that them, they themselves had at a championship run. Imagine being a one seed. And then a game gets chippy because dudes are talking smack. And then the third baseman of the other team takes a swing at your guy. And you lose a shot at a title. And here's the thing. The accountability side of that would say, why did we lose our opportunity? He took a swing at me. I, I, listen, inciting a physical response to anything is never an appropriate answer in my world. And again, you guys know where I come from. You know what I've done inciting a physical response from anything other than a physical action is incorrect. So that, but, but that being said, 
that doesn't give you free free run to do and say whatever you want. And that's the issue we're having. <clears throat> and a lot of it stems off social media. Look around, look and see what happens on these on, on Twitter and on these websites. If you can't say it yourself, people create burner accounts so they can say how you know say whatever they want and how they feel. And all it does instead of you know, it just hides people in plain sight who are not who they you know not who they should be. I know for a fact that there are coaches out there who have burner accounts so they can talk crap to people. It's disgusting. And then we wonder why we have culture problems and we're trying to figure, you know, have culture shifts and stuff like that. And it's not working because the people who are should be leading the charge of shifting this culture out of the game are really the ones leading the charge. But I digress. This got a little bit away from me <clears throat> and I apologize for that. Um, you know, but you guys know the drill. If I'm sitting here talking to myself, I just ramble and it goes where it goes. But uh, if you want to be on the show, reach out on social media, all the stuff. We I think we went over that at the top. And then uh, like, follow, share, subscribe. Anybody looking for lessons, anybody looking for hitting, fielding, pitching, catching, uh, strength and conditioning, speed and agility, um, tips on base running, which is something that uh, I am also noticing is very, very lacking in this day and age in the uh, in the baseball era, in the baseball world. Anything you want to tune up before a big game, whatever it is, reach out. Um, my information's out there. Again, you can hit me on any of the uh, tip of the cap social media stuff. I have a post out there on all three of them with my number on it. You can shoot me a text, give me a call, whatever it is. Reach out, let me know, and we will get you set up and get you going in the right direction here heading into either your summer season or heading into the playoffs for your high school. Um, find me on social media, guys. Tip of the cap podcast. Type it in and we'll show up. Uh, I even have a TikTok starting, I think. I got a couple of videos on there of some of my guys doing some cool stuff. Uh, and I get to put, put videos to music, which is fun, too. So uh, reach out, want to you know, join join Tip of the Cap, and then um, I, that's where I'm going to wrap it. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Tip of the Cap podcast, part of the BICBP Radio Network. Check us out online, BICBP-radio.com. Like, follow, share, subscribe on any of your uh, favorite podcast hosting apps, podcast, uh, sorry, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, anywhere else you get your podcasts from. And uh, again, reach out if you want to be on the show. I would love to have each and every one of you come and talk the game that I love and with that, we will see you guys next week.